This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, April 27th, wherever and however you're connected, Always nice to have you with us. Alongside a man who is ready to broker out some tickets for the NCAA Volleyball Championship, Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Yeah, it sounds like uh, there's not going to be too many fans at the NCAA Tournament for Men's Volleyball in Ohio. Uh, that's kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. We're in a pandemic. We're, uh, we're trying, you know. And then uh, it sounds like tickets for BYU in Arizona to the general public going out soon. Is it today? Tomorrow? Uh, good luck with that. But it, I, I haven't heard officially, like, what it's going to be, but it sounds like they're filling the stadium. Yes. Which yes. is exciting, right, September? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the hope, right? Are they going to require the vaccine card as entrance with your ticket? I don't know. What about those that don't want to get the vaccine? They can't go? <laughs> like, I don't know how that works. Like, I, I don't know, but that's super exciting, which is in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 130. 130 days away, to be exact, Jerem, from BYU in Arizona, opening things up in Raiders Stadium or Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah, they'll charge you to bring in anything over a backpack. <laughs> yeah, what are the extra costs involved with just game, getting into the, the game? The game will be an hour and 20 minutes late. <laughs> They're not a sponsor. Here's your show lineup. We have, we have Delta as our flight sponsor. Yes, and uh, we're yeah. grateful for that. Yeah, That's I'm, a for Delta, sure. I'm a Delta guy. Yeah. Your Tuesday show lineup includes talk about college football playoff expansion. Legit talk? Or is this just more speculation? Either way, it's exciting. We're talking about it in late April. We are two days away from the NFL draft, and Zach Wilson gets another lofty NFL comparison, this time to an absolute legend. His mentor, John Beck, will join us live. Some more real talk about the concerns with Zach Wilson going to the New York Jets and what will be the most challenging part of Zach Wilson's NFL learning curve. Don't forget Will Stanley of BYU Men's Volleyball, the number two seed overall as the Cougars position for a national championship run. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. College Football Playoff Committee announces it has reviewed 63 possibilities to expand the playoff, including uh, 6, 8, 10, 12, 16 team formats. I was thinking 2, 4, 6, 8. Who do we appreciate? Yay! How expanded would it have to be to include BYU at some point? Uh, more on this and what's trending. Because it's <laughs> April 27th. BYU baseball working to snap a three-game losing streak at home. Miller Park today against the powerhouse Arizona State. 1.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Mountain. You can watch that game live on the BYU TV app. And it's heard on the BYU Sports Network. Softball Awards, Martha Epinesa, WCC Player of the Week after a six-hit, six-RBI, three-homer week in four games. Harma! Autumn Moffitt Korth is the WCC Pitcher of the Week. Two complete games, three starts, 15 Ks. BYU at Utah Valley tonight, looking for a 17th straight win. And in case you missed it, BYU Men's Volleyball earns the number two seed in the NCAA Tournament Auto Bid because they're the MPSF champions again. Now, with that number two seed, BYU earns a bye to the semifinal. Hawaii is the number one seed. BYU will face either number three, Lewis, number six, Penn State, or number seven, Belmont Abbey in the semifinal on May 6th. And the Cougars are preparing to leave next Monday. 
so that they can have three days to acclimate before that tournament begins. I've been to Columbus. It doesn't take that long to acclimate. Uh, women's volleyball finishes the season at 15 in the final ABCA poll. Meanwhile, the men's volleyball team ranks second, five points behind number Hawaii, uh, number one Hawaii, going into next week's NCAA tournament. So BYU nearly became the number one team again, but I think it's fair that Hawaii's one and BYU's two. Men's track and field moved up to number two in the nation, while the women's team drops two spots to number 22. The Cougars will compete in two meets this week, the Fresno State Invitational on Friday and the Texas A&M Alumni Muster on Saturday. I don't know what that is. Alicia May Mateo is the WCC Women's Golf Player of the Year after five top four finishes. Congratulations. Oh, that's earning it. Brandon Davies, former BYU basketball star, named the EuroLeague Co-MVP of the Week. Davies led Barcelona to an 81-78 overtime win over Zenit. 22 points, 8 rebounds, and a steal. How about Brandon Davies continuing to get it done at the highest level of Euro basketball? And how about Brandon Davis? I don't know what he's up to. Mm. In men's hoops news, Colby Lee headed to Dixie State, and Jesse Wade is retiring from hoops. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Let's tack on a few more lofty comparisons for Zach Wilson as he prepares to be drafted on Thursday night into the National Football League. We've heard so often Aaron Rodgers of Green Bay and Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City. The similarities are there. Well, Steve Berline, former NFL quarterback, just compared Zach Wilson to Joe Montana. Heard of him? Joe Montana. Jerem, are the Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and now Joe Montana comparisons fair for Zach Wilson? Yes, he will be better than that. No, it's just pieces of them. So let's talk about it. Patrick Mahomes, it's like arm angles, right? Aaron Rodgers, it's like, uh, you know, the throwing motion. Just quick snap of the wrist, right? And then Joe Montana, the specific reference was he's very cool and collected on the field. It doesn't mean he's going to be these people. It's just those parts of those people. I saw one comparison that was, uh, you know, Derek Carr, and I was like, that's probably the fairest comparison overall I've heard, right? Because to compare Zach Wilson to these guys, initially the thought is, oh, complete. No, it's the pieces of them, right? Like if you were putting together the greatest player ever, you would have LeBron's, you know, uh, body, Kobe's competitiveness, and Jordan's jumper or whatever. That's what we're talking about, right? Zach Wilson certainly has some tremendous attributes. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? It's pretty ambitious to think so at this moment. How about we see him play a few games? With the New York Jets, most likely. Or even a few seasons, or five seasons, right, Um, before we go there. When Jimmer Fredette was coming out into the NBA, it was like, okay, is Jimmer going to be a successful NBA player? We thought so. We hope that Zach is a better quarterback in the NFL than Jimmer was player in the NBA, right? Which brings me to this. Is Zach Wilson going to the Jets like Jimmer Fredette to the Kings? Where it's like, oh, wait, in hindsight, that wasn't a great fit. Didn't help him out in any way, shape, or form. Didn't get a real shot. Although Jimmer probably got a real shot several other places. And it just didn't work out at that level. That's fine. He's been a successful pro elsewhere. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping Zach Wilson's not walking into a dumpster fire of the Jets. Because Dennis Pitta presented a sort of newer angle yesterday where it was like, I am not convinced that this is going to be great. But... We hope that it does go well and that this new group with the Jets gives Zach a chance to succeed. That's the hope. But in terms of the comparisons, those are fine. Those little pieces, that's fine. It's pretty ambitious. It's pretty um, you know, flattering for Zach. It doesn't mean he's going to be those guys. Let me address first your question of is this 
Jimmer Fredette to the Sacramento Kings, comparable to Zach Wilson going to the New York Jets. Already, Zach has an advantage over Jimmer because I'm banking that Robert Sala is not going to get fired a month into the season. If Robert Sala gets fired a month into the season, then there are much bigger underlying issues within the New York Jets. Also, management isn't looking to potentially sell the franchise. So that's also a positive for Zach Wilson and the Jets. There's some continuity. The change has already happened. The changeover has happened. Sam Darnold to the New York Jets, I think, is more comparable to Jim Fredette to the Sacramento Kings, where it's like management's changing, your head coach's changing, and they're head just coach not bought into because you. because you guys stunk. Right. Too. Yeah. So that feels a little bit closer to me is the Darnold experiment. This one with Joe Douglas is a general manager who's got a backdrop with the Baltimore Ravens, and he won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2018. This is a guy that has a solid reputation that went out and got a new coach. So Zach already has significant advantage over a guy like Jimmer Fredette just for those reasons. Now, the status of the team and the way that they have played recently, that's comparable to the Kings. Yeah, hopefully Zach can have more success. And ultimately, the Jimmer not a great fit with the Kings thing was uh, debunked. It was Jimmer wasn't a great fit with almost anybody, right? It just didn't work at that level. And that's okay. He's gone elsewhere, been successful. As far as the comparisons to now Joe Montana to go along with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, I'm with you. We often, and by nature, we go to the peak moments of their careers. When we hear those names, we're like, oh, man. So he's going to win multiple Super Bowls. Pro Football Hall of Famer, multiple-time NFL Super Bowl champion. No, it's pieces. It's Patrick Mahomes' ability to make a play with his feet and just throw these ridiculous passes with crazy arm angles. Zach has that element to his game. Aaron Rodgers' ability to use his feet and the way that he dives into the playbook, his execution, his precision. He's a surgeon on the field. Zach has some of those elements. He's a smart runner. Joe Montana, like you said, it's the cool, calm, collected moxie. The moment doesn't seem too big for Zach Wilson. He's hey, there's very much John candy in the stand. In the moment. Yeah, exactly. Zach is very in the moment when he's in the game. It's, it's not so much noise and so much light and so much hype that it freaks him out. It, he's, he's learned how to process this. And, and some people can't do it. Some people can't handle that type of notoriety and that hype and the spotlight. I feel like Zach, at least to this point in his career – has done that. We'll see what happens in week one of the NFL. Well, let's see what happens in the first three seasons, right? Yeah, just he's going to have seasons. Okay, the college football playoff committee, topic two, says it has looked at 63 different scenarios to expand the playoff. I don't know how they come up with 63. Would an expanded playoff help BYU? Yes, this is the most obvious answer ever. Yes, an expanded playoff helps BYU just like it helps every other Division One college football team with a better chance percentage-wise to get into the college football playoff. The real question is, how much does the playoff need to expand before BYU feels like, okay, now we've got a legitimate shot to get in? If it's a 16-team playoff, then maybe BYU is in the playoff this past year. And I think eventually it will expand to that. I don't know if it's this go-around. 12 is uh, borderline because even a 12-team playoff this year, BYU would have had a hard time cracking into the top 12 teams, right? Just, BYU didn't make the New Year's Six, so yes. 
They were number 14 in that first college football playoff rankings, and we were all up in arms because we thought BYU was going to be, I don't know, 10 or 11. They finished number 11 in the final AP poll, which was great, which is fantastic. After the bowl games. Yes, after the bowl games. But it's probably going to have to go to 16 for BYU to feel like, okay, we've got a legitimate shot of getting in. But it would require the right timing, a magical season, and there's so many things that have to fall into place. Will BYU even be an independent by the time that they have another special season and the playoff is 16 teams? I don't know. This type of season that BYU just came off of hasn't happened in more than a decade. BYU would not make a 16-team playoff. Wait, 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 what? Because BYU will play too many Power Fives to actually get into the top 25, let alone the top 16. So, no, it doesn't help BYU in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Yeah, this year, yes. Uh, this year was the outlier, no power fives. That's not how BYU is going to do it ever. Um, and even then, BYU, it, it's like, I think so? You know, yeah, this year this year is not a season that we need to use in this conversation. Also, it's never going to be 16. They'll never go that big. I you don't think. think it's going to get to 16 teams? No, they've, they already complain about the expanded uh, you know, timelines there. I would, 16 would be fun. I don't want a 16-team playoff. Then the regular season is like, all right, everybody with two losses is good. Like right now it's fun. It's like, okay, if you have two losses, you're like 99% out. So it's kind of fun to know, okay, you've got to be undefeated or one loss like, to really have a shot. I enjoyed that part of it. I'd be fine with eight. Then you would have some one-loss teams and then a couple two-loss teams. But yeah, if BYU continues to schedule like it's scheduling, it will never be in the top 16, let alone the top 25. So it, it's, that'd be too hard. Okay, well, how far out does that projection go? Because I'm looking at the 2024 season and seeing, okay, BYU has scheduled nine games and two of them are power fives and the rest are very winnable. Do you so, think they're going to sit on two power fives? Maybe. Schedule I don't more. know. Even if they schedule one more. But well, would, Tom, would Tom Homo posture for something like that, knowing that he controls that after seeing what BYU did in 2021. Would he listen to what I've been saying? I don't know. That's whatever Tom wants to do. Like, they have, they have to appease ESPN. They have to appease season ticket holders. I don't see a situation where BYU plays two Power Fives in a season. I think it'll be four-plus for the rest of the foreseeable future. Well, let me lay this out. 2024, 10 games specifically, okay? There are two Power Fives, NC State and Utah. The rest, UCF, Hawaii, Wyoming, Utah State, Georgia Southern, East Carolina, UNLV, Dixie State. There are only two more games so to fill two there. Spots four power fives. There could it could only be a maximum of four power fives. Yeah, and then you got to hope that BYU is pretty good. So I feel like, like it's not just power fives, but that's where the conversation starts. From. Right. Yeah. The next three years, the schedules are absolutely loaded. Yeah, we're like hoping BYU wins eight, let alone makes a sixteen-team playoff. But by the time. <laughs> It gets to a 16-team playoff or even an 18-team playoff or 10 or 12 or whatever it is. Yeah. Maybe the scheduling philosophy has changed a little bit, and it becomes more like the 2024 schedule is shaping out to be. So maybe. we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, see. I don't see BYU making a 16-team playoff ever. Okay. If BYU cooled it on the playoff, on the schedule. Which is what I just maybe. brought up. Will BYU cool it on the schedule? I do not believe it will. Okay. Yeah, interesting debate. Our question of the day, how expanded does the college football playoff need to be for all of you to feel like BYU has a legitimate shot to make a college football playoff? Let's hear from you, BYUSN and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation 
on BYU Sports Nation. Ben Peterson answers on Twitter. It has to be large enough that every Power 5 team gets a couple of teams in, and there is, or every Power 5 conference, should say, gets a couple of teams in, and there is enough room for three to four spots outside of those. So I think 16 is the number. It obviously would still make an amazing season, take an amazing season, rather, but I think BYU could get in. Yeah. <laughs> BYU went 11-1 and one and was, you know, top 12 with, like, Eight to twelve NFL guys, a top five quarterback. Like, do we think that will be replicated, and/or against a tougher schedule? It's it was a very special season in many ways. Special because BYU had great success in large part due to the schedule. Um, but and it was fun and we enjoyed it. But in reality, BYU is going for like eight wins a year. It's gonna it's gonna take an easier schedule, great talent, and a good team. Yep, yep. and an expanded playoff. A lot of mitigating so, factors there. Only like one of those is actually controllable, right? <laughs> Coming up, are the best hands in the draft enough to get Matt Bushman drafted? Plus, John Beck on what he's telling Zach Wilson specifically as he prepares for the NFL draft and what's going to be the toughest part about making that transition to the league. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Just over an hour from BYU baseball taking on Arizona State in a rescheduled game from yesterday, 1.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app and BYU Radio 107.9 FM, the BYU Cougars We're hanging out live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, former BYU football great, NFL second-round draft pick, and Zach Wilson's quarterback's coach in a lot of ways, John Beck. John, great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing good, fellas. When you look at what Zach Wilson is about to go through in a couple of days in the NFL draft, what type of emotions do you feel knowing that you had a similar experience? Well, it's a tremendous story for Zach, a tremendous accomplishment. Um, to be able to be, you know, potentially the second pick of the draft is a huge, huge thing. Uh, I was just talking to Zach the other day, and I just said, this is amazing, man. There's only in the last, you know, 20 years, 40 people that can say that they were top two draft picks so you know it's just really it's great for him to to get that opportunity because of all the hard work that he's put in you know everybody's story is different Zach's story is one of chasing this dream since childhood and sacrificing a lot of things for a lot of years to get there one of my favorite quotes and I I probably said it before on the show it takes 10 years to become an overnight success and the entire country is saying where did Zach Wilson come from but the reality is in the dark behind the stage curtains you know, in behind closed doors, he's been working for a long, long time for this. So I'm so proud of him. What's this experience been like for you, not just with Zach, but with uh, Justin Fields and Kyle Trask? And now apparently the Niners asked Trey Lance to go to you as well. Like what, what is this like becoming one of uh, the, the main QB gurus out there? I mean, it's a cool experience. I love the quarterback position. I love, I love to help these young men. I think the one with Zach is really, uh, I don't even know how to explain it sometimes. It's crazy because, okay, so where Zach is at, it's almost the exact same gap between me and Ty Detmer. And I looked up to Ty so much, <laughs> and I loved my conversations I got to have with Ty. And it's weird for me now to be like, wait, I'm like the gap distance that Ty was to me. I am for Zach. It's crazy. Um, and, you know, sometimes it, it's, it's weird when I hear Zach sometimes say the things he's thinking or what he's doing or all, all these different things. It's like this time warp. 
where I'm like, man, sometimes it feels like I'm talking to like a younger version of my own like thoughts or my own, like all these things. So it's really cool. And what I try to be for, for Zach and for all these guys is somebody that just had an experience along the same path. Mine was not the same as Zach's because I wasn't going to be the number two pick of the draft. Right. Uh, but I do know what it feels like to have a general manager, a head coach, an owner right after you're drafted, tell you, you are our plan for the future. And I also know the expectations, the pressures, and I know how quickly things can turn. So I just try to be that sounding voice for all those guys. You know, it's cool to be around Justin. Like he's an unbelievable player. He came from an unbelievable school. I love the opportunities I have to go to these universities and be a part of their pro day and to kind of like soak in a little bit of the history of the school as well as help them. Same with Kyle Trask in Florida. I mean, it's, it's a really cool experience, but for me, it means a lot to pass on just some things I've gained, just some knowledge that I have and see those guys welcome it and say, thank you. Cause I know this will help me. John Beck with us on BYU sports nation. You brought up your specific scenario with uh, the Miami dolphins and hearing from a general manager and a head coach and what you went through. How was the situation that you had in Miami when you were drafted both similar and different than what Zach Wilson is walking into? We think in New York with the jets. Well, I think the similarity is what I described. They're going to pick him to be their future. They, they want him as their quarterback. And the second that he gets picked, he's going to get you know, flown up to their facility and they're going to put him in front of the media and they're basically going to present him as this is our future quarterback. Uh, so I know exactly what that feels like. The thing that will be different, and I've tried to tell Zach this because sometimes he's like, man, I saw like, I know your story and like that sucks. And I don't want to be a part of that. Like, I, I don't want the same thing. And I always say, don't worry about it. Like your situation's different than what mine was. Um, the more I've learned about my situation, I, I was walking into a place that was like a sinking ship already. That is not, uh, that is not, Oh, did you guys just lose me? Sorry. We're, we're back. We still got we're you. back. It, well, it was okay. kind of like the dolphins. Sorry. You walked in, it went blank real fast. Right? <laughs> All of a sudden I saw some spam call and I'm like, good crap. Of all the times for some spam call, it's got to be right now. But uh, no, the thing I tell him, I'm like, look, it's going to be totally different for you. Like they're bringing in this young group of people. They're bringing in a coach. The general manager is coming from a philosophy of like consistency. He comes from the Baltimore Ravens. I knew him when he was there. I know the offensive coordinator really, really well. Like I think that he's walking into a situation where it's going to be a really, really strong support group that is going to do everything they possibly can. I don't see this as being something where, Six months down the road, every single person that picked him is gone from the building. You know, the experience I had, the more that I've lived my life, I've seen just how rare and unfortunate that was. And that's life. I don't think that Zach's is going to be even close to that because also the people in that room, I've had talks with them and they know this is what we have to do for him. This is how we have to help build him. So I see it playing out completely different for Zach. Hey, that's great because uh, somehow Dennis Pitta was the co-host yesterday with me. We got through that. But, um, John, I don't know why we didn't have you before him, but you're kind of busy now, I guess. Busy. But, I, you know, yeah. uh, I, I appreciate the effort that was made to try to get me on. Unfortunately, this is a really busy time of year for me. Why? What's going on? I'm just kidding. Um, Dennis talked yeah. about with the Jets. He was like, I don't know, man. And he had some questions, right? But what you said has, you know, sort of comforted uh, the minds of perhaps those who are nervous with the Jets. Uh, yeah, is it the Dolphins? Is it, and I talked about it earlier in the show, is this Jim Fredette to the Kings where it wasn't a great fit and they weren't really going to build around him? But So you feel like, okay, there's a real shot for him to succeed here despite the fact that previously the Jets haven't developed quarterbacks at a high level. Look, I know that there are sometimes places that are called quarterback graveyards. Um, 
when I got to the league, it was places like Oakland, Cleveland, Detroit, which kind of funny because those were all the teams that were potentially drafting quarterbacks that year. Uh, you know, Miami has been a place, same thing. They're trying to find their quarterback. So, you know, yes, all those concerns are valid. Uh, and I, I would be lying if I told you guys I didn't have some of those concerns as well. And, you know, I've had Zach where he's, he, he's voiced those concerns. Really, what you got to do is you just got to say, those things are out of my control. What an awesome opportunity and challenge it would be to turn that place around. There's an excitement there. For whatever reason, throughout my career, I've, been, I've seen both ends of the spectrum. I've seen like really crappy places, and I've seen really, really good places. And there's this cool challenge that can be there of trying to take a place that has not had success and do everything you can to try to get it successful. And just because you have the motivation doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just because you're trying to do all the right things or bringing the right people into the building, it does not guarantee success. But really, the enjoyment comes in that challenge. And I think that they are going to draft a guy that's going to be great for that because Zach Wilson loves challenges. And I think Robert Sala, the head coach, he's that type of guy as well. And I know some of the guys that played on his defense, that's the thing they love most about him. It's that challenge aspect. So I think they're doing the right things. It doesn't guarantee that that black cloud that's hovering around the Jets is going to leave. Um, I've been a part of organizations where you feel that and you're doing everything you possibly can. And at the end of the day, the owner decides, you know what, that black cloud is still here. We're firing everybody. And those are unfortunate events. But, you know, at this point in time, I've tried to really just talk to Zach and his family and everybody and just say, look, where your feet are at right now, how exciting of an opportunity this is. You're having the second team in the draft potentially be taking you and they want you to be the guy to join them in that turnaround. And it is a storied franchise. I know that there's all these things that haven't gone well for them, but there is a lot of history there. And if you can turn that place around, it will be a great place to win football games. And that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what, you know, I, I, I know Zach's hoping for it. And this Cougar fan base is hoping for the same, the same thing. It's going to be tough, but it could be very, very rewarding. And this is another thing I'm going to say. Hypothetically, let's just say it's a really tough two to three years. Zach will be a better quarterback because of it. I can promise you that. Uh, when you're battle-tested, it makes you a better quarterback. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. What's going to be the hardest part of the learning curve for Zach Wilson transitioning from college football to the NFL? I would probably say the toughest thing, it's not going to be playbook. Zach will eat that up. It's not going to be speed of the game. I think he'll adapt to that. Will it be something in the beginning? Yes, but he'll adapt to it. I think what the biggest challenge is going to be is what he's accustomed to He's won a lot of games over the last year, and a lot of those games were, you could say, blowout games. The NFL, you are not going to have blowout games. The NFL, it's going to feel more like what that Tennessee game from two years ago, what that USC overtime uh, overtime game was. Uh, It's going to feel more like that each and every week. Um, So you just don't get those games where you're riding like a four-game win streak and you're beating everybody by 30 points. That's going to be a little bit of the adjustment where he's going to play a really good game and it's still going to be nip and tuck there at the end of the game. He may have completed 68 to 70% of his passes, which in the NFL for a rookie is an awesome job. He may have a touchdown or two where it may have been his best game up to that point in his career as a rookie. But all of a sudden, it may be two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and his team's down by four points. And it may be that feeling like, I feel like I'm playing a good game. And in the past, when I have played a really good game, my team has walked away with the victory. That's one of the differences in the NFL of just how every single week comes down really to what happens in the fourth quarter and how can you play really efficient football at the end of the game to give your team a chance to win. 
You're coaching Zach on a, a bunch of things. A lot of them are on the field. A lot are off the field as well. Is there anything that can compare and prepare for him for the New York media? You know, we've had a lot of conversations about that. Um, and I've told him it's going to be exciting in the beginning because they're going to love him. And there's not a reason for them not to love him yet. No games have been played. And he's going to go through OTAs and the fan base is going to be coming to practices and they're going to come up with nicknames and they're going to be doing chants. And every, every single person's going to be wanting his autograph. It's going to be really exciting in the beginning. But history has shown us no matter what, that New York media is going to attack its quarterback when they don't feel like he's playing up to par. Or if the team is not doing what they should be doing, fingers get pointed. I don't know if you can walk in fully prepared. I think it's one of those things in life, like I'm going to reference like a mission. As many times as you can go to missionary prep classes, as many times as you can go on like splits with the missionaries, it can't totally prepare you for all of the things that you're going to face on your mission. That's why a mission is such a great experience because you're walking into it with what you got and then you have to experience things and you have to learn how to grow, adapt, change. You know, you're going to have experiences that drop you to your knees and you're going to plead for help or you're going to plead for guidance or you're going to really, really hope for things. And then in those things is where you grow. I see this experience for Zach and not being something where it's like, hey, we've got to do everything you can to prepare you before you walk into it. I look at it as let's talk about all the tools you're going to need so that then when you get there and you're experiencing it, you know the right thing to do uh, to help you grow in that. And then he'll get more comfortable as it goes. And I'm sure there's going to be those moments where he's walking down the street and there's going to be some, you know, magazine on some corner where it's going to be slamming him. You know, that'll be a tough thing to take. I, I know what those things feel like, uh, but it'll all be for his growth and development. And I think eventually it'll make him a really, really strong quarterback that in those moments, in those clutch moments where maybe he needs to come up with a victory, he finds a way to do it. And the lights just went out. <laughs> like, like the interview's over. It's our cue. Yep. It's our cue to say that the interview's <laughs> over. That was awesome. Oh John. <laughs> Come on, lights. Where are the lights <laughs> in the meeting room? <laughs> hey, we, we I don't appreciate know what happened. Like, I'm sitting in this quarterback room, and all of a sudden, oh, there go the lights. All good, man. We appreciate the time. Uh, fantastic insight into what Zach and uh, his family and what you are all going through together as he pushes towards the draft. Uh, best of luck to you, man. We're so thrilled for all of your success. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. And congrats on 2000. I saw the stuff the other day. That's awesome. I remember when it first started for you guys. You guys have grown a lot along the way also. Congrats. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Fun stuff with John Beck. Okay, coming up, All-American setter Will Stanley on the Cougars men's volleyball NCAA tournament expectation. And is BYU guaranteed? In at least one of the two sports still happening, a national championship is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano celebrates the men's volleyball MPSF championship. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. Yesterday, Matt Bushman told us his biggest selling point to teams is he has the best hands in the draft. Will that be enough to get him drafted? The words, not so much, but the film and the evidence of what Matt did before his injury, you bet. And the fact that he's healthy and showing that he's healthy in BYU's Pro Day with the accelerated or the accentuated spotlight there. Yeah, I think it's enough. Todd McShay has Matt Bushman as his 
the third best prospect out of BYU behind Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen. He saw him play twice in 2019, USC and Washington. Um, so, yeah, um, he has great hands. I, I think it could be enough. It's just a question of how healthy he is. He says he's 100%. Both men's volleyball and men's track and field ranked number two in all the land in their respective polls. Do you expect at least one national championship from those two teams combined. Track would surprise me a little bit because BYU's strength is in the distance runners and they're doing extremely well. And there's some, uh, you know, uh, speedsters as well. But um, like a top five finish in, in outdoor track would be incredible. Uh, men's volleyball, I'm really hoping for it. Sure. First one since 04, that'd be great. Yeah, I think that volleyball most certainly, based on where they are in the schedule, I mean, they're guaranteed to finish in the top four. They're already into the semifinals. Like, They've got a legitimate shot again yeah. to win a national they championship. Are, like almost every year. They just have to do it. That's been the issue. Just do it. Track and field is such a wild card. Who's feeling good that day? you got to have the right points combined. Like that. That's really tough. Okay, coming up, Top 5 Tuesday, NFL Drafted Dish. Well, let's uh, focus on volleyball a little bit more. What makes this BYU volleyball team unique and special? Will Stanley will tell us next on BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you missed it or want to watch it again, watch the BYU Men's Volleyball Semifinal versus Grand Canyon and Final versus Pepperdine from the MPSF Tournament last week on demand on the BYU TV app and BYUtv.org. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It is our pleasure to welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline MPSF champion, BYU volleyball star, Will Stanley once again. Will, congratulations on another Federation championship and the number two overall seed. Thanks, guys. How do you feel about the uh, number two seed looking up at number one Hawaii? You know, I think it's where we would have been, you know, where we were last year going into those games against Hawaii, and it's kind of – a good feeling for us. I think we, we like that number two spot. I think when we, especially at the beginning of the year, just that, that number one seed really, it made us put a target on our back and it made us really kind of feel the pressure of having to be that team that, that is, you know, looked at by everybody. So I think, you know, getting that two seed is good. Hawaii deserved that one seed. They, they played well all year and they, they were a great team. So I think we, us being there takes the pressure off of us a little bit and kind of lets us just play loose, play our game and, and, you know, We've got two games, two games for the rest of the season, two games for a lot of our BYU careers for a lot of guys on the court. So just, just that, that's all the, that's the whole thing we're going into is just, we we're the two seed. We've got two games and just, just get it going. I, I think you guys are almost better as the two. I think you guys play better when you feel, you know, somewhat disrespected last year. It was like, Hey, we feel like we're the number one team. The media poll, you actually became number one before you went to Hawaii. And then it was an epic battle, right? And you guys split and you guys dominated the first night and then barely lost on the second night. So tell me the truth. Do you guys feel better playing as the two or the one? I don't know. I think, I think when Hawaii lost that semifinal game, I think we went in into the final game saying, Hey, let's, let's prove, let's give the committee at least something to think about. And I think either way, if we went one, two, or I mean, with even the way they were talking three, I think we were just trying to get to a point where we were playing our best volleyball going into that week. I, I think we like being the two seed, even I mean, honestly, I would have even have been happy with the three seeds. I think that gives us another thing to fight for, but 
we we do well with kind of this motivation that people don't think we're going to be able to do this. People don't think we're going to be able to make it to a certain place. So so that just kind of puts you know another another thing moving forward to help us you know get better. And we have a whole week now to get to hone our skills, practice a little bit, and get ready for the tournament next week. So it's going to be just one of those one of those weeks of grinding and keep keep trying to prove people. I knew it will. I knew you guys wanted to be the no. I and I totally agree because. The way that you guys played last year going into Hawaii, like you were out to prove something. And so now you're the two seed. You certainly have the respect of everybody, but Hawaii's the favorite in this thing. And they should be, like you said, given that they are undefeated until last week in that. But now you play Lewis, Penn State, or Belmont Abbey, and then potentially Hawaii again. So it's there's this, a group of seven seniors, and we chronicled it your entire career. Like, this is a special group. You guys could have gone to as many of four, as four tournaments if there was one last year, which has never happened in BYU history. So tell us about the chemistry of these seven seniors in this group and kind of your final hurrah here. You're playing for all the marbles. Yeah, I think I think it really started that 2019 season when we didn't have the greatest season when we went 12 and 13 and and you know we had gotten Davide that year and then we had you know I, it was my first year starting and then I got hurt and then Zach started kind of come into the loop and Gabby and Felipe were making you know, Gabby had already made a name for himself but you know Mickey and Lipe are starting to make names for themselves and I think that year kind of put into kind of pushed us to be better over the summer and so, and so we kind of it woke us up as sophomores and juniors and then it showed it showed in that 2020 season. And I think that's where we bonded. I think that's where we really kind of got together as a group. And, you know, with everything, all the hardships that happened and all the all the different problems that we went through after that season got canceled, I think it really brought us together. I think, guys, you know, we, we took time to hang out outside of volleyball. We got to know each other outside of volleyball. And that summer built this relationship. And then me, Zach, and Mickey uh, wanting to come back and telling them, guys, hey, we're, we're here. We want to play volleyball. We, we we are committed to winning a national championship. And I think that that kind of lit a fire under, you know, Gabby's eyes, Felipe's eyes, and just saying, hey, we're these guys are coming back. They're, they're foregoing whatever we could have done that next year, going pro or, or going into, you know, our graduate programs and schools. And just it showed guys that we want to be back. And I think that that's kind of grown our relationships. And and we, we've become brothers. I think the, the seven of us have become brothers. And, I I mean, it's – it's been something special. I think it's, I mean, I really don't want the season to end. I don't, we're, we're going to be close and we're going to be talking and definitely for a long, long time in the future. Will Stanley of second ranked BYU men's volleyball with us on BYU sports nation. Will, when you talk about the additional emotion because of all of the seniors and essentially playing for two seasons, because the 2020 campaign never got to see its final resolution. How do you cobble together all of that emotion and not let it get, a little bit out of hand, but just stay in the moment knowing that there is so much on the line. Yeah. You know, we, we, we talk with Craig Manning, the, our sports performance uh, mentor, and he, he does a great job of, of really preaching, like stay in the moment, strong, strong, positive, strong talk to yourself. And, and we all of last week, it was just because we're playing in a tournament game. It doesn't mean we change the way we play volleyball. We should be playing volleyball just like we did, um, the week before in a regular season match. There's nothing more you have to do in the postseason if you've been a team that's proven yourself. And I think we've we've done a good job and we've been able to prove ourselves throughout the year that we are a team to beat. So it's been, we've been trying to, I think the senior 
led team helps because we're able to kind of know where to push, where to not push, where the, when we need to bring our energy up, where we should keep it, you know, steady and just playing every game. Like it's a regular season game is what we're trying to do. We're not trying to do too much. We don't want to push it to a point where, Hey, we're playing in the national tournament now and we have to change the way we play. If we want to win, we know that if we play the way we've played, and we're going to be fine. We're, we're, we're a team where our best is good enough for us to go out and play against every team in the country. Amen to that. And I'm looking forward to the tournament uh, next week, May 6th. You guys play either Lewis, Penn State, or Belmont Abbey. Probably Lewis, but uh, we'll see what happens. At Ohio State is interesting too, Will, because your freshman season, you played in that tournament where BYU defeated Barton, number one Long Beach State, in an upset in the semifinals, then lost to Ohio State at St. John Arena in Columbus at Ohio State. But... The Cavelli Center is a new volleyball facility they built. That's where it is. So not the same building, but it does feel like there's some demons to exercise there at Ohio State, right? Yeah, you know, I still have I still have got a little sour taste in my mouth from that tournament. And just, I mean, playing Ohio State, that, that freshman year game was fun. I mean, it was amazing. It was great for my career. I think just being able to be in that game and be able to see the the level and the intensity that it takes to win a national championship I think for me and Mickey, especially and Mitch being at that game and playing in that game is, is going to come in handy. And I think we know we've been to Ohio state. And I think I'm talking to Mitch's parents on Saturday and just, we we've all kind of got this sour taste in our mouth from the last time we were there. So getting out there and just, just putting on a show and it's, it's, you know, the nice thing is this year, it's, it's more of me, Mitch and Mickey's show. We're able to kind of, you know, hold our own fate in this sense and go out and, and try to try to get rid of what what happened four years or almost you know, five years ago now you're old man will your dad john played basketball and volleyball at byu some consider him the greatest to ever play at byu and your half-brother clay is an outstanding volleyball legacy as well so what are those guys telling you as you prepare for this tournament upcoming in Columbus? You know, they're, they're, I think at a point where they're just, they're just here for the ride. They're, they're riding along. They're just happy that we're at a point where we're playing in the postseason. And my dad and, and Clay have always kind of been, they're not much of the type to try to give you advice and give you, you know, Hey, let's do this, do that. They're just sitting there saying, Hey, nice, you know, nice game yesterday. Congrats on winning. And, and they're just, they're ready to watch and support and, that's been the biggest thing for me is I think they've just been these kind of anchors that I can lean back on. And just, if I ever have questions or need anything, they're there for me, but they're not out. And, you know, if I don't, if I'm not asking for help, they're not out there trying to give me help and, and push what they did or, or, you know, how, I mean, my brother's played in the gold medal match. So he, he knows what it's like to play at the highest level and the most important match, but he's still not going to be a person, you know, call me and say, Hey, this is what I did during that time. If I reach out to him and ask him, he'd gladly, you know, give me his insight into what he did. But but they're just there to support. They're, you know, giving me kind words and, and just kind of pushing me to, to keep playing at my best and do what I can. And I think that's that's been great for me. Well, listen, in the semifinal against Lewis, if it is Lewis, there's there's a demon exercise. The 03 national title match, Lewis beat BYU. Mm-hmm. Later vacated, by the mm-hmm. way, by the Flyers. But uh, And then, of course, uh, you know, Hawaii could, could be, if it is. We'll see. Pepperdine, UCSB in the, uh, you know, the play-in to the semifinal, the quarterfinal. Could be interesting. So it's going to be a fun tournament, man. Uh, best of luck. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Yes. And uh, in, in Columbus, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, guys. 
You got it. Will Stanley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. What a legacy. Oh, yeah, for sure. John was here a couple weeks ago, His not his brother, but his dad. And, uh, yeah, it was fun to sit down with him and chat with him. And Clay is, like, all world. It's just unbelievable. And so, yeah, Will has a chance. Will and this group have a chance to do something that no group has done since so far, which is actually win the national championship. This team is good enough. And like you said, their best is good enough. They don't have to play crazy, right? They don't have to play, like, the game of their lives right, to win. Right. They just have to play a good game, um, two good games, because Lewis is good. Lewis is good, 20-2 and two out of the Miva, And then hopefully it's Hawaii. I want Hawaii. I want BYU sure. to beat Lewis, and I want Hawaii because we saw last year a couple of epic matches. Earn it, baby. Yeah, bring on the best. And if it ends up being easier and it's not Hawaii, that's great too because I like winning more than anything else. Ohio State was the team that was bombing from the service line in 2017. Well, and, six, like, and 16. They beat I us feel two like years BYU is the team that bombs from the service line in 2021. With Gabby, yes. Davide, I love most it. of the time. But Ohio State had like three dudes. Yeah. We, get, we have one and a half right now that are bombing consistently. Let's, let's go. Coming up, today's Rise and Shadow. Plus the top five NFL draft picks in BYU football history. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Getting ready for baseball coming up on the app in about 40 minutes. Uh, BYU and Arizona State Baseball. Of course, you can always download the BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Tough to beat the view, man. It really is. Time for Top 5 Tuesday presented by Del. The New York Jets. So with that in mind, let's look at the highest draft picks to date. In BYU football history. Number 05, Mark Wilson. Not to be confused with Zach Wilson. 15th overall, 1980 draft for the Oakland Raiders. Won the Sammy Bond 79, finished third in the Heisman. Part of a Super Bowl team his rookie year as the backup. Again, as a backup in 1984. Spent 11 seasons in the NFL playing for the Raiders and Patriots. At number four, John Tate was the 14th overall selection in the 1999 draft to Jason Shepard's Kansas City Chiefs. Tate, an All-American at BYU, first-team All-WAC honors twice. He played with the Chiefs for five years. Then he signed a six-year, $34 million deal with the Chicago Bears. Tate retired from the NFL in 2009 after starting in 139 games. Big John Tate. My middle name is spelled the same way, so I've always liked John. Okay, number three, Sean Knight, 11th overall in the 87 draft to the New Orleans Saints. We don't talk about Sean Knight enough. 16 sacks as a senior, first-team All-WAC, AP third-team All-American, traded from the Saints to the Broncos after his rookie year, spent one season with the Broncos, one year with the Cardinals, played 31 games in the NFL, one year with the Sacramento Surge, Surge like the drink of uh, World League of American Football. I don't even know what that league is. I remember, I've never that. Even, I remember it. I've never even heard of that. World League of American Football. Is it world or American? Figure it out. They had pro set cards, like limited edition trading cards that featured World League Football. Well, they were limited players. because the league sucked. <laughs> Touche. At number two, Ziggy Ansah. Number five overall pick in the 2013 draft to the Detroit Lions. Meteoric rise. Walked onto the BYU football team in 2010. Slowly gained some playing time. Jeremy, I don't know if you knew this, but he didn't know how to put on football pads when he got to BYU. Really? Uh, Ansa signed with the Lions 
four years, $18.59 million contract. Led all NFL rookies in sacks with eight. He was a pro bowler in 2015. Finished third in the league in sacks that year with 14 and a half. Then the injuries hit. After six seasons in Detroit, Ansa played one year with Seattle in 2019. Signed a one-year deal with San Francisco after that, but suffered a torn biceps in just two games with the 49ers. I saw him play for the Seahawks in one game, which is pretty cool. On a Thursday night against the Rams, it was pretty cool. And this would be tied for first because Ziggy and Jim McMahon are tied for highest drafting in BYU history at fifth overall. In the 82 draft for the Bears, McMahon, a senior season at BYU WAC Player of the Year, first team All-American, third in the Heisman, back-to-back years, by the way. Won the Sammy Bond, Davey O'Brien, NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year for the Bears, won the Super Bowl in 85. And uh, after the Bears, spent time with the Chargers, Eagles, Vikings, Cardinals, Browns, and Packers, won the Super Bowl as a backup with the Packers as well. Some of you are saying, hey, what about Steve Young? Steve Young would have been the number one pick, we learned, by the Cincinnati Bengals, but he opted to go to the USFL, and he was the number one pick in the supplemental draft for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Different thing. Yeah, we don't talk about the USFL or supplemental drafts in this conversation. Come on. Our Just question, the World League of American. That's right. That's right. And the Sacramento Surge. The Surge. You remember that drink? It was awesome. Uh-huh. Highly caffeinated. Our question of the day. How expanded does the college football playoff need to be for you to feel like BYU has a legit shot to get in the big dance? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from 22KaiGuy on Instagram. I get the question. The playoffs should change, but BYU football needs to win nine-plus games consistently for several years before BYU is considered for the playoff. 1984 would not have happened without 1983. Yeah, for the natty, but getting in the top 16, I think you can just, uh, you know, one-off, one-man, or, you know, one-hit wonder go into that. Yeah. If it's a 16-team playoff and BYU is winning 10 games against tougher schedules, then they can be bubble-ish, but that's a lot to ask. Yes. Fewer power fives, please. Today's Rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Alicia May Mateo, WCC Golfer of the Year. Congratulations. And how about to head coach Dave Rose, who reached out to us recently and congratulated us on episode 2000. We love you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Hope you're doing well, and uh, we're definitely thinking about you. Our thanks to today's guests, John Beck and Will Stanley. Order restored today. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. No time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Eddie Stinnett. Watch BYU Baseball on the BYU TV app in 30 minutes. Go Cougs. Jason Shepard's getting ready, Jerem. Yes, he is. Go Chelsea in the Champions League. Oh, that's right.